Hi, this is Paul Shepherd, and welcome to the Mindset Changing Podcast. Today, we're going to be focusing on an action plan for anyone struggling with any form of anxiety or stress. Let's dive right in. So recently, I did a TikTok video on one of the most confusing things I was experiencing with anxiety and that was there were times I was not worried about anything in particular but my body was telling me otherwise. I could wake up with a very strong sick feeling in my stomach, heart racing, I could feel tension all over my body I could have a panic attack out of absolutely nowhere. I could be sat talking to a friend or a member of the family and I'd experience what's known as derealization. It's a very strange sensation of not quite being there. It's almost like I'm leaving my body. I don't feel grounded and it's quite disorientating. It wouldn't last for very long. But I was enjoying myself. I was just talking away, listening to someone. And then all of a sudden, it was like I wasn't quite there. So what was confusing for me was my therapist told me that my anxiety and the symptoms came from what I was thinking. And there was an overfocus on my past and my thought processes. And I kind of felt like a bit of a failure, like I was doing something wrong. Because when I said that I wasn't worried about anything when the anxiety attacks were happening, it was like I was met with a little bit of disbelief. That I wasn't really recalling what happened in that situation. That I wasn't remembering it correctly. That I must have been worried about something because my body was triggering the freeze, fight or flight response, which I get that that does seem like common sense, but that's not what was happening. And by the way, what made it worse was that I was training to be a counsellor at the time. I was going through my counselling courses and I just didn't have any faith in the counselling process back then. It wasn't helping me. And I'm not saying that I had a bad therapist. There was really some good parts which helped me focus on what I'd been through in my past and talking about them really did help. But what was missing were tools and strategies and how to manage the anxiety attacks when they were happening. I kind of felt powerless and I started to develop a deep fear of fear. In other words, I began to then worry, so I did have some worrying thoughts at points, of course, but I began to worry about having a panic attack. I began to dread the thought of waking up in the morning or struggling to sleep at night. So I could talk about those worries. But there was no advice in how to calm down what I now know was an overactive nervous system. My sympathetic nervous system just part of the survival response, was in overdrive. My limbic system, which is my survival centre, deals with emotions too, 
was overactive and fluctuating, creating adrenaline spikes, which were causing my anxiety symptoms at random times. And when I put this into the video on TikTok, which is, I think has had about 420,000 views, the responses were overwhelming from people relating exactly to what I was saying, that they were experiencing anxiety, but without the worrying thoughts, which kind of goes against the advice and the approach given to you from a therapist using traditional methods. I'm a big believer in holistic treatments, and that is looking at the bigger picture to what is going on with someone. Over-focusing on my thoughts was, again, just focusing on one part of my anxiety. Yes, there were worrying thoughts at times, but there was something else happening and that was being ignored. And that is where my needs in therapy were not being met. It nearly stopped me becoming a therapist because I thought if this is what therapy has to offer, then I'm not sure I could, with hand on heart, sit there and help someone with anxiety if there are pieces missing. And I nearly gave up on my anxiety. I just thought, this is going to be it. I'm a failure anyway. I'm a failure because this is a professional and what they're doing isn't working. So naturally, a bit of a habit of mine at the time, I blamed myself instead of having that realisation that the therapy approach wasn't suitable for me. I'm not putting down talking therapy, by the way. I use counselling skills within my work and it can be very useful. And if someone's never really talked about an issue before, you can't put a price on what that could do for that person. But with anxiety, we have to look at the bigger picture. We can't just choose one area of someone's life and then say that's the bit that needs to be sorted and then the rest will fall into place because that rarely, in my view, is the case. With each client that I've worked with, there has been huge imbalances in their lives which are impacting their nervous systems, their neurochemistry, their limbic system and exacerbating anxiety issues that can come from the mind, but all becomes interlinked. I think for me, the trauma I went through growing up stored itself in my body. My nervous system couldn't cope with the repeated pressure of being pushed into survival mode. And that created what I believe is called allostatic load, which is like the wear and tear on your nervous system. It became very, very sensitive. And it just needed some time to heal. What didn't help were some of my interesting lifestyle choices. And also, if we go back to the mind, I had virtually no mind management skills whatsoever. So that combined with a body in trauma, my neurochemistry out of whack, just fed into this cycle of anxiety, which eventually became completely unconscious. In other words, 
a part of the trauma my body was experiencing was that if I went into a situation, say, for example, a social situation, even though I felt okay, the unconscious response was to go into a form of freeze, fight or flight. So, yes, I wasn't actually worried when I was in that situation. My body was simply reacting to what it knew from before. And it did it on autopilot. So it would come out of nowhere. Now, this can be the cause of having anxiety symptoms without actually worrying. And it's interesting how some therapists don't even focus on that. But also, if your body is struggling, if your sympathetic nervous system is being pushed to the edge, then you can produce cortisol and adrenaline, and that can create very powerful physical symptoms that can make you feel like you are very anxious and stressed. So just to make it clear, you can experience anxiety without having worrying thoughts. One is from your body is simply struggling and it needs to heal. Number two is that we have unconscious thought patterns which are so automatic that they can be triggered without us even having to think consciously about them. So for the rest of this podcast, I'm going to give you a mini action plan to help your body heal. I'm going to mention some supplements. I'm going to mention some things that are essentials for you to do if you want your body to calm down and help it heal. As with any supplement or dietary change mentioned in my podcasts, your health is your responsibility. With any of those changes, anything you wish to explore or wish to take, please do seek medical advice to make sure you don't have an adverse reaction. So there is no script, there is no action plan that I've written out for me to read off to you. This is me just talking to you about what I think would help you. So apologies in advance if it seems a little rambly. Take notes for anything you find useful and discard what you don't. The number one foundation to healing anxiety is to change the way you breathe. I'll keep banging on about this probably until the day I die. But it is the quickest and easiest way to take back control of your nervous system if it's been hijacked by your survival response. So your survival response is your sympathetic nervous system is like the accelerator in a car and you're being pressed. And as it gets pressed further and further and further, your limbic system kicks into action. Your HPA axis in the brain does its thing. And before you know it, you're going to a freeze, flight or fight response. So you are being hijacked. Your brain is recruiting your whole nervous system now to create that blood flow change, to create the hormonal and neurochemistry change to protect you from the impending danger. Perfect if you're facing down a tiger, but not so much if you are just in the fruit and vegetable aisle of your local supermarket working out which oranges to buy. So the first thing you have to do is recruit your nervous system to take back control from your survival response, your limbic system. And this is where you trigger the parasympathetic nervous system. And you do that with your exhale. So when we breathe in, we trigger the sympathetic. 
And when we breathe out, we trigger the parasympathetic. So if we breathe in longer than we breathe out, we can literally energize the mind by stimulating a little release of adrenaline. In fact, if I'm feeling a little bit fatigued before I see a batch of afternoon clients, what I do is some breathing exercises where I will breathe in longer than I breathe out. And literally, it's like having a cup of coffee, but in a nice natural way, and it won't keep me up late at night. Now, obviously, I want to trigger the opposite if I'm anxious. So breathing out longer then you breathe in, triggers the parasympathetic, and that sends signals to the brain that you are safe. And by doing that, you're recruiting your nervous system to take back control. And by the way, so when your limbic system hijacks you, your thinking rational brain goes, whoa, okay, I'll step back, I won't get involved. Because if it gets too involved, and there was a tiger, for example, It might be curious and try to rationalize and be logical about the tiger. That might not be in your best interest, unless you fancy being an all-you-can-eat buffet for escaped wild animals. To re-engage your thinking brain, you breathe out longer than you breathe in. And here you can begin to tap into your wisdom, your resources that you have at your disposal. It was so frustrating because I didn't understand this when I was younger that despite me knowing that I shouldn't have a problem with something rationally, when I was in that situation, I would be reacting as if it was the biggest problem in the world. And it'd be like a battle in my head. You're safe, you're fine, you won't have a problem with this, you don't have a problem with this. My body's going, yes, you do. Run, get out of there. And it knew which thoughts, which buttons to press to trigger me to go, yes, all right, I'll go, I'll get out of there, I'll get myself to safety. And then later on think, what the heck was I doing? Why did I go? Why did I leave? Where was the problem? There isn't a problem. But my limbic system and my body thought otherwise. So as part of your action plan, if you look through my podcasts, you will see a variety of meditations and they all teach the breathing techniques that I describe here in this podcast. Now, this is not something that you have to become a deep breather all day. We fluctuate between the two types of breathing to keep ourselves alert, but at the same time, we get the balance right, we can remain focused too. But now and then, if you notice yourself becoming anxious and stressed, With a breath, you can begin to take back control of your nervous system and help it calm down. If you're feeling really stressed, by the way, and really anxious, you can do what is known as a physiological sigh, which is a double inhale and a really long exhale. And this opens up the chest and releases trapped carbon dioxide, which can build up as part of the panic response. If you really want to take treating your anxiety seriously, I would learn to meditate or do mindfulness techniques Breathing is a natural part of that training and it can be one of the most beneficial things you could ever give yourself. Someone said to me the other day, this is really difficult. And I responded, yeah, it can be. Because you've been breathing quite shallowly and holding tension in your body 
for so long, that brain pattern is your autopilot response. That's the natural way of living for you. To do something different, your brain is going, whoa, hang on a second, what's all this? And the more you do it consciously, the more you practice, the more you put the effort in, your body at some point in time will go, okay, we've done this enough now, let's make this your autopilot. So now instantly when I feel stressed, I can start breathing out longer than I breathe in to trigger the parasympathetic. And what I will add to it is I will take it deeper and breathe down to the diaphragm, down to the belly, as this automatically pushes the diaphragm up, sending signals to the heart to slow down. Sending more signals to the brain that I am safe. Remember, nasal breathing is preferred. So when you take a nice big deep breath in for your nose, you're creating a filter, you're changing the temperature of the air entering your nose, and you're also producing nitric oxide, which comes with a whole range of health benefits. You're also breathing slower and deeper into the lungs, which trigger more parasympathetic nerves. So keep up with the mindfulness, keep up with the meditation, keep up with the breathing, and watch it become easier and easier. Next, reduce powerful stimulants on your nervous system such as caffeine and nicotine. Your poor body is going through enough without having to add this into the mix. If you're gonna have a coffee by the way I would look at having a coffee no later than 11am because it's likely to have an impact on your quality of sleep. Which brings me to my next point. Seven to nine hours of sleep a night is essential for you to heal. I think we're the only species on the planet that doesn't take sleep seriously because we push and push our nervous systems, our physical and mental health to tipping points due to not understanding how essential our sleep is for us. Do whatever you can to ensure you're getting a good night's sleep. I will be doing a podcast on this soon. It's on the list. But for now, there are plenty of resources online that could help you with your sleep hygiene. Next point, increase your GABA levels. This is an amino acid which acts as a neurotransmitter and it slows down activity in your nervous system and cortex. It is fantastic for anxiety and also helping you sleep at night. The easiest way to boost GABA levels include yoga, meditation, uh, fermented foods, exercise. Supplements are a little bit dodgy because there's not enough evidence to suggest they do their job, but are worth looking into. It's also worth researching which other foods can have an impact on your GABA levels. I believe the Mediterranean diet, which is more plant-based instead of uh, processed meat and junk, would be very helpful in helping your body not only reduce inflammation, but also encourage good gut flora and also improve your GABA levels. And that brings us to our gut microbiome. I'm not going to say too much on that because it's such a big subject, but pretty much science seems quite unanimous in the idea that looking after your gut microbiome 
which has an impact on your second brain, the enteric nervous system, has an impact on your mental health and your moods. And again, this is where fermented foods come into this to help with variety, but keeping your diet varied, plant-based and free from junk really will be helpful in getting your gut into a healthy place. And again, healthier gut, healthier mind. Let's quickly talk supplements. Remember to seek medical advice if you do decide to explore and take them. But my top supplements for treating anxiety and stress are magnesium glycinate, L-theanine, ashwagandha, tryptophan, saffron, vitamin D3, vitamin C, curcumin, chamomile. And if you have a poor diet, do seek out a good multivitamin and mineral. I've avoided for the moment going into any detail about the supplements. I can do that in a separate podcast, but I just wanted to list the main ones for now for you to be able to act on. As part of your action plan, I'd also write down anything in your lifestyle you suspect isn't healthy for you. Maybe you're drinking in a weekday. Maybe you're multitasking and rushing around too much. What are you rushing for? Is it worth it? Maybe you're watching too much Netflix or maybe you're on your phone too much. Maybe you've made a mistake like I have of looking at the comments section on social media. That's a bad idea because that part of me that says, but they're wrong, wants to kick in. I'm aware of it. So I do my best to avoid looking at any comments on social media these days because it's a trigger for my brain to want to get involved. And life's a little too short for that. Just a few more things I'm going to mention before I end this podcast, but I really would look at practicing gratitude because that's a wonderful neurochemistry booster that will help heal your nervous system as well as train your brain to go looking for the good in life. It's a wonderful way to change your mindset. Work towards a path of self-acceptance so you're not fighting yourself. These are things that you can look into Find out your core values and live by them. That is an absolute essential. Live with a meaningful purpose. If you haven't got one, find one. Lose the toxic people in your life. You know who I'm talking about. Find your tribe and create healthy connections. They are out there waiting for you. And give yourself some self-love and self-care. Don't feel guilty. That's going to be an old pattern triggered from your childhood somewhere, I am sure. Be the adult, bring yourself to the present moment and give yourself that self-love, that self-care you deserve. It's never, ever selfish. How can we show up for other people if we can't even show up for ourselves? Even just for a few minutes of breathing, meditation, mindfulness, eating something that our bodies would appreciate hydration. Oh, I forgot to mention that bit. So yes, please hydrate. That is also an essential for helping your body heal. There's so many factors that you could mention when it comes to self-care. could go on for hours. And I know that I'm squeezing in a lot into the last part of this podcast, but these podcasts could go on for hours otherwise. And I'm sure you want to get on with maybe some of the things I've mentioned to allow your body the chance to heal. And just one more thing, I'm going to do some mind management skills with you, which are essential in managing anxiety too. 
So I'm going to show you a new model that I have been exploring and experimenting with, with my lovely clients. And the feedback has been fantastic because we can't ignore whilst the body might be struggling, how much anxiety can come from our minds and our mindset. So please keep a lookout for those. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share, please subscribe, please leave a review. Thank you so much to those that have done that for me because it really does help other people locate and find this podcast. Have a wonderful day and I look forward to connecting with you soon.